What is going on guys? Welcome back to the The Virtually Unstoppable Podcast. I hope you are all having a good Monday or whatever day you are listening to this on. I hope you're having a great time. So, let's get into it. What are we starting off with? We're starting off with some news from Warner Brothers, who's been sued over Matrix Resurrections Day and Date HBO Max release. Why is that title so weird for this article? Don't know. Also, we're doing something a little bit different this week. We're not live streaming the podcast. I decided not to stream it and just to do it as a recording because there's problems when streaming it. Namely, reading chat. It's very awkward to work that into a podcast, to be honest, in an actual way that doesn't take away from the content. So, the lawsuit from Village Roadshow Entertainment Group. Village Roadshow, obviously, who is a major partner with the Matrix franchise. You know, they have been a part of this since day one, and yeah, they alleged that a contract that a contract was broken when Warner Bros. released Matrix Resurrection simultaneously on HBO Max and in theaters, causing the movie to underwhelm at the box office. So the Village Roadshow Entertainment Group sued Warner Bros. on Monday for breach of contract of the studio's decision to release Matrix Resurrection simultaneously on HBO Max and in theaters. The lawsuit escalates growing hostility between those in the movie industry who stand to make millions of dollars through big theatrical releases and major media companies that have turned to prioritize growing their streaming services. One of the sole purpose in moving the release date of Matrix Resurrections forward was to create a desperately needed wave of year of year end HBO Max premium subscriptions from what it knew would be a blockbuster film. Despite knowing full well that it would decimate the film's box office revenue and deprive Village Roadshow of any economic upside that Warner Brothers affiliates would enjoy, especially as compared to a 2022 exclusive theatrical release, dates the complaint filed in Los Angeles Superior Court. Now I want to judge or anything, I haven't watched a film or nothing, but from what I have heard, The Matrix Resurrections was exceptionally disappointing. For people who enjoyed the Matrix franchise, who watched the original trilogy, from what I've heard from people, it was not good. The fourth installment. The fourth installment was not good from what I've heard. But Village Roadshow alleged that the non-industry practice caused Matrix Resurrections, which was slated to be released in 2022, but was moved up by Warner Brothers to underwhelm to underwhelm at the box office. And so they even admit in this article that it was underwhelming at the box office. The blockbuster sequel has grossed only 37 million domestically compared to nearly 750 million by Spider-Man Nowhere Home. I'm just gonna say this now, comparing them two is an absolute joke. I've, I haven't watched either of them, 
but I have heard that Spider-Man No Way Home was one of the best films of 2021 that people thoroughly enjoyed. And I've heard from very similar people that Matrix Resurrections was the complete and utter opposite. Which is also a sequel to a blockbuster franchise and was released around the same time. Village Rosso seeks an unspecified amount in damages, accounting of all of Warner Brothers' earnings over Matrix Resurrections, including the value earned by using the movie to steer subscriptions to HBO Max, and an order forcing the studio to consult with it for distribution plans in the future. Well, I think if they win this lawsuit, that there will be no future between HBO and Village Road Studios. I think if Village Roadshow Studios was to win, they would unanimously decide at Warner Brothers that Village Roadshow should be cut loose. That's just my opinion on that one. If Village Roadshow were to win this, I think they would deem them as a problem and want to get rid of them. Warner Media Parent Group of Warner Brothers in 2021 released all of its movies on HBO Max. On the same day, they were released in theaters in a bid to grow its subscriber base as the COVID. Blah, 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 COVID. Ugh. Did anyone else stick in hearing this as an excuse of why these companies do these things? They did this because they wanted to make more money. That's why they did it. It was nothing to do with. This whole thing has been a wonderful excuse for companies like this to try and exploit their contracts and go oh well we weren't gonna make money in the theater um so so we 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 try to make money elsewhere and that's all this came down to do just like let's how how can we make the most money well we put on streaming services we do it the same day as they well and we you know rather than give village roach all the money we'll just take the money for ourselves like, let's be real, that's what's behind it. It's got nothing to do with like, oh, well, we, it was, it was this, it was that. No, it was you wanted more money. One of these more moves sparked the backlash from top talent and partners of Warner Bros, including June filmmaker Dennis Villeneuve and talent director Christopher Nolan who denounced the plan in 2020 and called HBO Max the worst streaming service. Yeah, but it wasn't just them, it's been multiple streaming services that have done this right. Hell, even some um, studios and stuff have like sold films because they couldn't release them, they just sold them. And like they ended up on like Amazon and stuff. They do pretty good films as well, where the original people who were going to like put them in theaters and stuff were just like, we don't believe in this anymore. I just dropped them like a bad investment, right? Which is sad to see. But we'll have to see what it goes with um, this uh, whole, uh, you know, Warner Brothers getting sued thing. I don't think it'll, um, I don't know. I reckon they'll try and settle or something to try and avoid getting damages and stuff. I mean, if it was in the contract with Village Roadshow um, Studios, you know, the media group, then obviously that's a significant breach in contract and they're not going to want to pay it out. They're just not going to want to pay it. Alrighty, let's move on to the next topic. 
which is Rogan, Joe Rogan, who's got a hundred million dollar offer um, from Rumble. A hundred million dollar offer from Rumble. I don't know about the Trump affiliated part. I'm pretty sure Trump does not own Rumble. Did this? This is routers, right? Did it just? Wait, what? Yeah, I don't even know what the hell's going on with this article. Rumble Link, a YouTube style, well, YouTube's pretty much only competitor, really. That's big competitor, at least. And popular among US conservatives is of Joe Rogan, $100 million over four years for all of his shows. Days after the podcaster apologized for using uh, racial slurs in his content. Uh, I just want to preface that the slurs were in context, but that doesn't mean that slurs were anywhere justified. They were very demonstrably taken out of context to make the situation worse. However, Joe Rogan has said that he agrees that he shouldn't have used the word because regardless of the context, they would be found offensive. Anyway, so he's facing backlash for things he said in his podcast that have been deemed as misinformation although that's a whole different thing and singer-songwriters including Neil Young and Johnny Mitchell pulled their content from the streaming platform and nobody really gave a shit apart from Neil Young I certainly didn't care I actually listened to some of his music it's the most depressing thing that I've ever listened to and I mean that in the most serious way I don't have anything better to say about his music except it made me feel exceptionally depressed to listen to it. And I've listened to music that makes me feel um, empathy, sadness and emotions, right? I'm not talking about this in the situation of Neil Young's music. I'm talking about it literally made me feel depressed. So the incidents prompted Spotify to add content advisory, blah, blah, blah. Can we get to the bit where they offer him okay here we go dear joe we stand with you we are guesting your legion of fans in desire for real conversation rumble ceo chris pavlovsky said in an email to rogan posted on rumble's twitter page on monday hey joe rogan we are ready to fight alongside you see the note from our ceo how about you bring all your shows to rumble both old and new with no censorship for 100 million bucks over four years. Rogan did not immediately respond to Rowdy's request for comment. His show, The Joe Rogan Experience, has become one of the most popular podcasts on Spotify. After the stream platform started featuring it in 2020, the Wall Street Journal has had them reported that Spotify exclusive license deal was worth more than 100 million dollars. Shares of CF acquisition is back that, um, Agreed to take Rumble public, surged more than 18% on the news. The deal announced in December had valued Rumble at $2.1 Holy shit, Rumble's got some value behind it. I'll give it to them on that. Knowing their YouTube levels, but obviously still some value. So yeah, they offered him $100 million and apparently he has not responded to that. Nope, he hasn't responded to it, so... Very much a non-story. But you never know, you might end up taking it up eventually. We're going to move on to another story, and this is like where we start actually getting to the gaming news. This is from Eurogamer. So, 
uh, Google uh, obviously launched Stadia, which uh, <laughs> didn't exactly go well, did it? Uh, yeah, they kind of messed that up a bit. So the two problems that I saw with Stadia was, as far as I'm aware, you can't own games on the platform. And it didn't offer any exclusives that I know of. So it was like PS Now and Games Pass, i.e. PS Now that it was streaming. Well, pretty much it was just like PS Now was streaming, except it had no exclusive. Or if there were exclusive, I didn't hear about any of them that were worth buying or purchasing the subscription to play. So that's pretty much why I know Stadia that it didn't have anything worthwhile on it to play and was pretty much just the worst version of PS Now. You couldn't download and install games, it was all done through the cloud, it was streaming service, right? So, yeah. So Google is reportedly daily prioritizing consumer-facing games, streaming platform Stadia, and now has a reduced interest in negotiating blockbuster titles for the service. So basically, no good games are ever going to come to it now. Having larger shifted its focus to selling the services, underlying technology to third parties. Oh, oh, okay, so now it's trying to make money back by selling its not-working platform to other people. I'm sure that some of the streaming technology is wonderful. Uh, but outside of that, I can't see anything else going forward being that useful for it. I'm guessing they're just saying at this point the streaming tech was good, so maybe enough people will buy that where we'll recoup our losses. The size of misfortunes well documented despite its initial praise. Uh, yeah, it literally got praised by people who wanted PC gaming to die. That's literally the only people who praised it. The people who praised it literally went, Oh yay, this is the end of PCs! <laughs> what are you gonna do now? That was the people who praised it. And it was like, are you for real? Are you that stupid? And you're like, oh yeah, we can play games at whatever quality and resolution. We don't need the stupid PCs. And everyone was in the PC community was just basically like, at the point where they were going, you seriously think that a streaming cloud gaming platform is going to deliver you the same quality as games installed on a super fast SSD on a high powered rig. And you were like, yeah, of course it will. Google said it will. It was like, oh my god. But that was the, the that was basically the opinions back in 2019. So they had a slow problematic rollout which meant Google failed to capitalize on initial consumer interest. The extent of Stadia's failing started to become clear when the company announced it was closing its first-party game development studios less than 40 months after launch. They had first-party game development studios? Did they even develop anything? With subsequent reports claiming that the stream platform was missing its targets, 
bar monthly active users by hundreds of thousands. Yeah, I can believe that. I can't remember what game it was. Was it Destiny? I can't remember what game it was, but it was like... Something along the lines of... Hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And then starred you at like 5,000. I was like, that makes sense. Although Google continued to insist Stadia was alive and well as 2021 progressed, it launched a variety of initiatives to bolster support and service, including time-limited demos and revenue schemes for developers. A new report by Business Stadia claims the company has now deprioritized the service intentionally and its diminishing interest is securing blockbuster third-party titles to boost its library. Less than 20% of the Stadia's team focus is now said to be on the consumer platform, with the remainder on tech sales. Signs of a change of strategy for Stadia first emerged alongside news of Google's Game Studio closures last year. Oh my god, Google's closed all its Game Studios? When the company announced it would begin selling its technology to third parties. That's, that's a really stupid move from Google. To sell its game studio, well, to close them. Like, closing them is the worst thing that you can do. Honestly, the best thing that they could have done is port the games to PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and see how the games did on their own. Like, getting rid of the games entirely? Completely, completely insane logic. That 14 months of work that they tossed down the drain. Business Insider says now that this is now a leadership demand priority for the Stadia division, and that the vast majority of the team is focused on securing white label deals for its tech, targeting companies both within and outside gaming under the new name Google Stream. Wow, that's sad. God, what a failed attempt. What a failed attempt. So, as part of these conversations, Google is said to have discussed supply its technology to Capcom, enabling the publisher to stream demo titles from its own website, and the company had reportedly also made considerable headway with Bungie regarding a similar back-end deal. However, business decided to say it's unclear how Sony's recent acquisition will affect these plans. I mean, I don't know. Mental. I'm not sad that Google failed, though. Moving on to NFTs! Video games composers have had their music sold as NFTs without permission. The platform hit piece allows users to own a song, build your unique playlist, and join an artist's community according to its Twitter page. It appears to be scrubbing Spotify for music and selling it illegally as NFTs. That includes video game music, along with Disney tracks and more. Composer has since hit back at the platform on social media. Wow, this is worse than video games composers. This is literally them taking a bunch of stuff from Spotify and reselling it. Holy monger. That is insane thing to do. Wow. That is actually insane that they are taking music directly from Spotify and just selling it. Wow. Just so you know, join hit piece one of the tracks. You're selling that I appeared on is owned by Blizzard Entertainment. 
You'll be now on by Mary stuff. Good luck with that, said Grant Kirchhoff. Kirkhoff. The BAFTA nominated composer for World of Warcraft, Shadowlands, Banjo Kazooie, Donkey Kong, and more. David Wise, another Donkey Kong composer, also responded. Free spread the message for the wide, uh, far and wide that joint hit piece are attempted to sell digital assets they simply cannot legally own. He said on Twitter, There is no legal organization with authority to authenticate these transactions and no existing contracts between composers, platform, platform performers, sorry, and publishers. Gareth Coker, who composed the music for Orion Halo games, among others, said, The website Joint Hit Piece is garbage, selling us hosting NFTs after doing a bot scrape of the entire Spotify catalog. So many affected, absolutely nowhere I or publishers would endorse this. Ori plus Halo plus Arcade soundtrack up there for starters. A joke, take it down. Wow, how many have they taken? The platform's latest tweet states, Clearly we've struck a nerve and are very eager to create the ideal experience for music fans. Fuck off! You stole shit from composers! You literally fucking stole music from Spotify! To be clear, artists... How? How did they get paid when they didn't put the fuck on there? Like all better products, we are continuing to listen to all user feedback and are committed to evolving the product to fit the needs of the artists, labels and fans alike. What a statement. This is just the latest NFT scam to hit the video gaming street. Oh my god. What a fuck. And you've got stupid NFT bros who are like, NFTs are the future. They're so good and great. Aren't we doing the magical thing? Fuck. I apologize. It just pisses me off because they're literally lying and stealing. But if you want a proper response for this, here's HIO's response to NFTs. HIO is an independent games platform that allows up-and-coming indie developers and people who work on solo projects to put out their um, ideas into the world, put out demos, put out games, whether they're free to play or paid. It is a platform for a lot of small developers who are, all, you know, a lot of small developing companies, a lot of small um, studios, a lot of independent developers programmers who try to get the names out there so hio had some things to say about nfts and god bless hio so here's what hio had to say if you've asked about our stance on nfts nfts are a scam if you think they are legitimately useful for anything other than the exploitation of creators financial scams and the destruction of the planet we ask that you please reevaluate your life choices, please. Oops, that you please. Also, any company that says they support creators and also endorses NFTs in any way, they only care about their own profit 
and the opportunity for wealth above anyone else, especially given the now easily available discourse concerning the problems of NFTs. And then they say, how can you be so dense? God bless you, Itchio. This is why I love your platform. Not only do you host some really talented indie games that are phenomenal made by very small teams of people or independently as projects, but also you stand up and do the right thing by saying, fuck you, NFTs. God bless it, Chayo. So, moving on to SteamDB, this is about the Steam chart. This is about Dying Light 2. Dying Light 2 is now the 23rd most played game of all time. Sorry. Has the highest concurrent player base. Yeah, let me redo that. Dying Light 2 has the 23rd highest all-time peak of concurrent players on Steam. Which is insane. Now let me just list some of the games above it. Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Destiny 2. Apex Legends. Monster Hunter World. Kathy Rain. Hitman 2. Grand Theft Auto V. World of Warships. Postal. Among Us. Life is Strange 2. Fallout 4. Valheim. New World. Cyberpunk. Counter-Strike Global Offensive. And PUBG. So you can literally see that. There is not many games that are above... Dying Light 2 when it comes to the all-time highest concurrent um, play count. I did leave some of the other games out of that list. Um, there was other ones in there, but I don't think they're kind of on the same level. But that's insane that Dying Light 2 is up to 23rd. They might get higher. They might get higher in the future if the game develops in a way that is organic and that players enjoy. But let's move on to more news from Twitter. Get ready to brawl like it's 1994. River City Girls Zero, the classic 16-bit beat-em-up, has a digital release date on Switch. And it's only a week away. So that's coming out on February 14th on Switch. But they have announced that it will be coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox and PC later this spring. So it will be coming to other platforms, and it looks like an interesting game, it honestly does. We watched a trailer a few weeks ago, and I did enjoy the trailer and stuff. So I am kind of excited to see um, where this goes and what happens with it and stuff like that. We're going to move into some games trailers now, so let's get that set up, shall we? Get here. Uh, where is it? Oh, you can't do it there. I have to do it here. Alrighty. Let's pause the music. Let's switch over. So we're starting off with Innocence Island, which is going to be on Switch, PS5, PS4, Xbox, and PC. When is the actual release there? I don't know. Probably you can wishlist it on Steam though already. So let's give you a brief overview of the game since they've actually included it in the description of this one store. That's nice of them. Legend has it that there are three rays of light in the sky that are emitted by a prism 
that grants happiness to the one who obtains it. You never believed in that, but it is your last resort. You do not keep any recollection of the things you were able to do before, but you will be able to recall them through observation and do them again. For example, you can jump after watching a monkey doing so, or swing a sword after watching somebody else using it during a fight. Interesting concept for a game. Let's have a look at see what it's like. Apparently this is in English. Uh, yeah, it sounds cool. Although it's very simplistic. This is really... Oh, that's not so cool. That just looks terrible. Uh, is this like the Switch footage? Or is this going to be the PS5 and stuff? Okay, if this is next gen in PC, this looks bad. Uh, this looks kind of bad, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so the footage for this is very, very bland. It's not um very detailed. In fact, it's kind of behind where you'd expect the game in 2022 to be. I'm not going to lie on that one. It's very, very behind where you'd expect the game to be in 2022. You'd expect them to be graphically a lot better. Um, Yeah, people are saying it's a good idea with terrible implementation, and I kind of agree. It looked all right when you were looking at some of the cinematic stuff. When you're looking at, like, what appears to be gameplay, um... It does not look that good at all. I'm not going to lie with that one. So moving on to another one, which is Morsey the Pirate. And this is the story trailer for the game. Is there any more information in the description? Okay, so Morsey the Pirate is the official flying spaghetti monster action adventure game. With the titular Morsey, a pirate from its canon. As against protagonist, follow Morsey on the adventure. That is his life as he raises... Rises from being another lowly, does his luck short or the cook, under the cruel employ of Phil the Night Manager, to become the world's first pirate, one of the chosen most inspired and most chill people on the flying spaghetti monster. Interesting. This game already looks immaculately better in terms of the graphics. The one graphics aren't interest everything, but holy crap, this game looks bad better oh god even the combat and everything looked ma miles better huh interesting i don't know what to expect from this i mean it looks like a fairly fun game kind of pirates of the caribbean with um kind of the wackiness it's kind of uh jack Barry with the uh gameplay you must lead your oh god a noodle okay your best friend is a ball of noodles, I think. Okay. Your best friend seems to be a ball of noodles. Maybe the noodles are part of my mind and not real. I mean, it just looked far more interesting than the last game that looked like they'd barely done anything with it. This game looks like it actually has mechanics and the graphics actually look endurable. In fact, actually, this game looks pretty damn good for the way they've done it with the art style and stuff. So, it looks like an adventure game overall. 
sort of like Corden meets Sea of Thieves is the vibe I get from it with some like weird magical elements like I don't know it's like a fantasy Corden meets Sea of Thieves that's the way I can describe it this looks good though far better than the last game look absolutely um way 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 above whatever level of a game that was that's certainly for certain yeah this looks good i'm interested to see where it goes this is on uh you could list this for steam already apparently um although i wouldn't uh, recommend doing that i never really wish list stuff um but yeah looks good let's move on to the final trailer then the final trailer of the day which is hold past front lines world war one which is the announcement trailer Prepare to march into the Great War in Holdfast Frontlines, a Portal Conversion DLC releasing for free as a show thanks to our beloved community. Okay, this is a conversion DLC that is being released for free. Okay, I haven't played Holdfast Frontlines. I presume that's the name of the game. I'm presuming that is the name of the game. Let's see then. Anvil Game Studios presents. I'm going to mute this because... That music might be copyrighted and I don't want to get copyright claimed on the video because when that happens on YouTube it's paying the arts to fight it. Um it just is. It's very, very frustrating to deal with, which is annoying, but there's not an awful lot you can do because music studios for some reason like to copyright claim music on game trailers. So hold fast World War Two. Uh wait, was that it? Oh, well, that wasn't much of a trailer. That wasn't much of a trailer at all. Oh, well. I mean, yeah. there really wasn't a lot of news today, guys. That was another reason why I didn't stream um, the podcast like I normally would. Thank you for hanging out, guys. I appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the podcast. Sorry, it's shorter than usual. There wasn't really an awful lot more news for today. Um, but I hope you have a great rest of your week. I'll probably do a podcast at the end of the week, probably Friday try and catch up and do another one and hopefully you guys enjoy it um take care have a good rest of your day evening or night thank you for hanging out appreciate it peace out guys i appreciate you all and see you guys in whatever the next one is